G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. As technology continues to take unprecedented steps forward in our modern age, we might be concerned about whose ethics are programming our future. A dystopian idea to unpack today under the cloud of what global elites might have planned for the future of humanity. Let's talk about the advances in artificial intelligence and the ultimate end point of artificially enhanced humanity or transhumanism. As revolutions go, this is as big as any, aspiring to the enhancement of humans with technology. Could transhumanism be the new religion? Is it a recipe for disaster? Is it the foundation for what many of us can read in the Bible, the thought of a one-world government? Well, commentator George Christensen, he's founder of the new organisation called Nation First. A former federal politician, in life after Parliament, he's emerged as a commentator on the challenges facing the West. Back with us today, and shortly we'll open our talkback lines, but George Christensen, a special welcome back to 2020. Well, thank you, Neil. It's great to be back with you and your audience. George, let's talk big picture as we get things underway with a conversation like this, and it might get into some nitty-gritty and uh, go into more some specified areas or even down a rabbit hole or two. But big picture, uh, the thought that there might be global elites uh, pulling some drawstrings, looking to control the world, uh, for a lot of people that is a little bit along the lines of uh, conspiracy theory. What are your thoughts here and where the developments in technology fit in with all of this? Well, it depends how far you want to take that uh, that uh, line that you just used there. I mean, uh, is there uh, a transnational organisation that is pushing an agenda at the moment? Well, quite clearly, there's a number of them, and one of them is the World Economic Forum that you just referred to, uh, headed by a fellow by the name of Klaus Schwab, and people can look up his background. But uh, this is an organisation that gets together on a regular basis, uh, all of the major leaders in the world across uh, politics, across culture, uh, and across uh, the corporate sector, they all come together at a, a single event every year uh, called the Davos Summit, uh, and an agenda is put forward at that event, uh, a policy agenda, and all of these players, I've forgotten one, one uh, field that's also there, that is media and entertainment. Those people come along as well. Who's who of the world is there? Uh, the rich, the famous, and the powerful. And, uh, you know, an agenda is pushed, and that agenda is then spread out and, and pushed to the populace through policies, through laws, through discussions, uh, through the media. Uh, that That is clear. That's not conspiracy theory. That is uh, fact. Well, as you plant media right in the mix there, that they're a part of the Davos 
gatherings. And uh, certainly when artificial intelligence is involved, uh, yes, of course, there's going to be media programming that's going to be involved in that as well. Programming might be another whole different uh, scenario to be talking about. Who's programming the ethics of the future? But things are changing so fast, George. Your thoughts on the fast pace of change, because we've been talking about some of these sorts of things just going back a decade, even a couple of decades ago when it seemed like it was something out of a science fiction novel. But uh, this is now happening in reality. I'd say change is is constant, but uh, I think what we're seeing at the moment is uh, coordinated change. And again, this is not conspiracy theory. I mean, they're quite open about the agenda that they've got. They call it the Great Reset. In fact, a book was written about it uh, only a couple of years ago by Klaus Schwab called COVID-19, The Great Reset. And what they saw was the pandemic as an opportunity to uh, reset uh, the world, uh, both uh, economically, uh, that in particular, they think that there needs to be a great reset of capitalism, hence the name, uh, to, to some sort of... Uh, other system, they call it um, a, a nicer version or a friendlier version of capitalism, but it quite clearly isn't what you're seeing under this uh, Great Reset Plan is the fusion of big corporations and uh, and governments to, to develop some new uh, system that would benefit mankind, so the theory goes, Neil. Um, but but uh, look, it's more than that. There are cultural social and even technological changes that are envisaged with this great reset and i just want to give you a quote from klaus schwab what he says here and this goes to our topic today transhumanism uh, new technologies and approaches emerging the physical digital and biological worlds in ways that will fundamentally transform humankind the extent to which that transformation is positive will depend on how we navigate the risks and opportunities that rise along the way. And that's all well and good. It sounds uh, like he's just saying, well, you know, this is happening at the moment and uh, uh, we need to, to navigate it to ensure that it's positive, but positive to whom? And if you have a look at some of the views that emanate out of these organisations and out of people that are connected to them, uh, the talk about designer babies, the talk about, uh, you know, digitising the mind, uh, merging AI with humanity, in a way that affects our brains. Uh, this sort of stuff is what C.S. Lewis warned us about so long ago. It's scientism. This is the pursuit of, of scientific endeavor for sure, but at what cost? Is it at a cost to our humanity? I think it is. As you say, some talk about it as a development that's connected with capitalism. And uh, I've heard that terminology surveillance capitalism. And of course, it brings to light uh, all the hacks that have been happening, just been in the news headlines just this past week, uh, where a lot of us, if we're connected with, uh, you know, various telecommunications companies or uh, or uh, whatever companies are part of that hacking, that our personal information is being bought and sold and uh, people are using that for manipulative purposes. Uh, surveillance capitalism is sort of an idea that's, you know, that's almost aligned too with some of the things we might be seeing coming out of China and the way they're controlling the populace. All of this could be connected. Yeah, and look, it, it, it essentially is connected. When you're talking, as I said at the start, the fusion of major corporations with, uh, with governments, whether those governments be democratic or authoritarian, is not really said. 
Um, but what we're talking about is a, a new system of governance, essentially. It's technocracy, uh, where you've got um, the expert classes that may wish to be called uh, that are in control. And it doesn't matter whether that expert class comes from major corporations, which would have some role to play in in governing our, our world and, and thus our lives, or whether it comes from those within the bureaucracy of, of national governments and, and even world governance organisations such as the United Nations. Um, and, and what you talk about here, digital identity, I think that's what you're referring to. That's part and parcel of it. The idea that we have to become some, some numbers or some digits on the page of some bureaucrat in order to prove our own identity. Well, uh, you know, I, I, I think that the new Italian Prime Minister, uh, Giorgio Moroni, has said it uh, quite well. You know, they want to uh, devalue us, turn us into numbers, because uh, at the end of the day, if they turn us into numbers, uh, that, that, that destroys our humanity to an extent. And, and, and we don't want our humanity destroyed. I certainly don't. No, I don't think anyone's going to agree that we want a humanity to be destroyed. Interestingly, um, transhumanism, uh, more than just the way data is manipulated, if it's stolen, uh, the thought that, as many listeners might be aware, you know, and a lot of listeners with careers right now uh, have those in jeopardy because robots might be taking over their jobs. I mean, that takes it to a new level again. But then there's another level beyond that, this transhumanism level, actually hacking the uh, the very uh, physical and our uh, brain uh, with technology, with the with the end view that uh, you know you, you can make a better human. So so there's even there's even it's not just uh, technology or artificial intelligence being used to make life easier or make us safer, as we might talk about, uh, but also mm-hmm. robots and then actually making a better human. That's the sort of thought that people have when it's uh, when they're talking about progression here. Yeah, yeah. And and look, you know, you, you're right, there is that, uh, uh, across everything you've just said there, there is that fear that uh, at some stage there is going to be a great replacement, I guess, of, uh, of uh, machines over mankind when it comes to the workforce. And, you know, that, that might not be far away, actually. I mean, there are a lot of roles now, uh, even creative roles, which can be done by machines. It's a question of whether you can do that affordably. Um, and I think that's got to be put into the uh, the basket of, you know, you can do it, but should you do it? I mean, uh, what benefit is that going to be for all of mankind to actually have our, uh, uh, you know, our, uh, our meaning can come from our work as well um, uh, as humans. Our meaning can come from what we do. A lot of people do draw part of their human experience from uh, the lived work experience. And so if you're replacing that part of humanity uh, and you're not just replacing it, you're taking it out, you're discarding it. I mean, uh, that, that does, to, a, to an extent, sap uh, the meaning that many people have with their lives. So I'd say that's got to be put into the basket of we can do it, but should we do it? Uh, that is perhaps a different question to transhumanism, although uh, I've got to say the same thing is there. And I referred to C.S. Lewis before, 
uh, talking about scientism, and he was very big on this, and I wish that I had quotes at hand to read from him, but people should go and have a look, read The Abolition of Man, uh, read his treatises on, on this issue of scientism. He, he essentially talks about science being decoupled from, uh, I think he refers to actually, even though he was a Christian, a Buddhist concept, the Tao, uh, which he sees as as natural morality or natural law, and and science decoupled from the natural law goes and pursues all kinds of perverse outcomes, including this idea that we could uh, fuse humanity with artificial intelligence, um, and 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 does that to some degree erode our humanity in itself? Now, I'm not talking about artificial limbs, you know. Uh, you can have a robotic limb, uh, Neil, and I don't know that's really replacing your humanity, you know, uh, uh, but when you start talking about digitising the mind, when you start talking about implanting microchips into yourself that are going to have some link with your neural system, well, then you really go into questions that uh, I think ultimately transcend science. They're going to be questions about... Uh, humanity itself there are going to be questions about uh, uh about the soul quite frankly and what this will do to humanity the people behind the push they're not so stupid as to not realize these things uh they actually welcome it and they say this is going to be a future evolution of humankind uh in fact one of the people who's linked to the world economic forum um uh, he's got a very long name, uh, uh, Israeli uh, uh, historian uh, Yuval Noah Harari, I think it is, uh, and, and he actually says, uh, he calls it uh, homo deus, we become like gods, or we become God, and uh, that's got to be the ultimate perversion of science, uh, wanting humans to become gods themselves. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Well, if it feels like we're in the deep end with a conversation like this today, you might be absolutely right. And you might like to make a contribution. 1-800-316-316. We're talking about transhumanism, talking about some of the developments around the world that might lead us to think that transhumanism as being an end goal may be well on the way with some of the challenges uh, that different parliaments and different authoritarian dictates around the world are actually in the middle of right now. George Christensen is our guest. He's founder of the new organisation called Nation First. And George, just before we take some calls, began to touch on some things just before the break there, the thought that scientists become the new gods, almost like a replacement of the god that we might see as the creator. Uh, a, a replacement of his image in us. If you distort that enough, perhaps you can try and displace that image. Any thoughts here around scientists and what this push might look like to the Christian believer? Well, I think it's science that's decoupled from uh, from rationality and from humanity. And I talked about C.S. Lewis before, and I actually found the quote while we were on the break. He says this, because uh, he says that the, 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 the preface that science decoupled from natural law or traditional morality can go completely haywire. And what he says about this is 
the Tao, which is a, a bit of a, a Buddhist concept, but he says the Tao, which others may call natural law or traditional morality or the first principles of practical reason or the first platitudes, is not one among a series of possible systems of value. It is the sole source of all value judgments. If it's rejected, all value is rejected. If any value is retained, it is retained. The effort to refute it and raise a new system of value is in its place, in its place is self-contradictory. There has never been and never will be a radically new judgment of value in the history of the world. What purport to be new systems or ideologies all consists of fragments from the Tao itself arbitrarily wrenched from their context in the whole and then swollen to madness in their isolation. So um, what he's saying there is if you go against natural law, particularly, and he goes on to talk about that in the area of science, then you essentially are departing from all rationality and, uh, and therein lies the problem. And what we talked about before, where some people think about this uh, idea of transhumanism, merging the human mind with AI uh, or artificial intelligence, uh, essentially seeing that as creating man in the image of God. Uh, 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 well, man is created in the image of God, but I mean, <laughs> that what they're seeing is man replacing God, man becoming God, transcending humanity to become homo deus, as... Uh, Yuval Noah Harari calls it, but we are created in the image of God right now, and 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 this is the question: uh, Imago Dei or Amago Dei uh, is a concept that um, is very strong in the Christian faith. We are created in that image of God, and if you fundamentally change that image of God within within the DNA, within the mind, do you blur? the image of God? Do you somehow destroy humanity? And that is a very key question, I think, that needs to be answered before we start fusing artificial intelligence with humanity, um, before we start peppering the body with microchips to try and transcend ourselves, Neil. Um, and and uh, look, I, think I don't know the answer, but I don't want to take the risk, right? No, I think listeners will be finding themselves in the deep end with us here, George, because I think traditionally we understand as humanity created in the image and likeness of God. Uh, we recognise the arrival of sin uh, with Adam and Eve and the distortion of that image of God in humanity. And so uh, there you have uh, you know, different variations of what happens uh, to humanity when sin is the controlling force. Then you have the arrival of Jesus Christ, who is the perfect image of God. And here we are like a new humanity, as in Ephesians chapter 2 beyond that and aligning to this perfect image that Jesus Christ has given. So if you are someone who is anti-Christian or you deny that image in humanity, then you might be looking to create your own perfect image. Here you've got this dystopian uh, you know, idea of, of, of where you want to go. And so here you have then uh, this development in technology, artificial intelligence, what you can do, uh, creating a transhuman. So for listeners, and we've got lots of calls to take, and let's take a few of these if we can fairly quickly before the news. Let's first of all hear from Brian in Wedderburn in Victoria. Hi, Brian. Welcome. Good morning. Brian, need to be quick. What are your thoughts? All right. Look, I just wanted to thank George for all he's done in recent years. 
with uh, Thank you, Brian. what's going on with the government and everything like that, with injections and so forth. Look, I believe so- the bigger picture here is Satan's got an agenda. He wants to corrupt God's image, and he's out to turn us into the mutt hole. He's out to take us from being in God's image and take us to a form of the beast. And the Bible talks about the mark of the beast in 666. I believe the agenda has been all along to corrupt the seed. Um, this was attempted many times. We see it through Noah's flood and other such stories from the, from the Bible. And, uh, and I believe the ultimate end game is to take DNA, and you might think I'm absolutely crazy saying this, take DNA from some other source, place it into human beings, and the end, end result is no flesh will be left. That is the end game. But I know I have a saviour. I have a God who's bigger than this, and he has an agenda as well, and that is to save mankind. All right. And I believe that our only salvation is in, is in the, uh, his agenda, which is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Brian, good thought there, and uh, I might even have to save any thoughts from George because we're about to go to news, but uh, what you're saying, Brian, is that a dehumanization uh, is underway if you are going to be introducing all sorts of changes to our genetic structure, our DNA. Uh, we're going to go to news. My comment is I agree, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you so much for your call. We're back after Vision National News. George, why don't we continue to take some calls and uh, let listeners yeah. help direct where we might go with this conversation. Let's hear from Maria, who is in Brisbane. Hi, Maria, welcome. Hello, um, thank you for having me. I'm just going to apologise to the best for some kids in the car, so there's some background noise, and you know why. Okay. Um, I just want a small comment to make about uh, Yuval Noah Harari, whom uh, George Christensen mentioned earlier. Um, so he's, yeah, like you said, extremely influential, extremely popular figure, seen as this kind of spiritual guru, in a sense, of um, of the uh, most influential people in, uh, in the West, uh, but also in other places. Um, but it's been very encouraging for me to see that even in uh, some areas of secular society, people are starting to question his uh, scientific credentials. Uh, and I recently read a really excellent article um, in a magazine called Current Affairs, not to be confused with A Current Affair, um, which essentially was talking about how he is an excellent storyteller, but a lot of the things that he says are not actually uh, scientific claims, and a lot of the things that he claims to be true and factual, he is kind of twisting to fit his narrative. Uh, so I think people are starting to realize that even though he is very influential and very powerful in that sense, uh, he is not uh, a scientific Maria, you're making a really good point here and your reference to Yuval Noah Harari and uh, the suggestion that he may be uh, as charismatic as he is scientifically minded. Uh, thoughts here from you, George? Oh, this is 100% correct. He is the guru for the elite and he is less a scientist and more an adherent of scientism. And here's a quote from... Uh, uh, Ivali says, everything that was promised by religions, happiness, justice, and even eternal life will be experienced here with the help of technology and not afterlife. I believe that the future 
belongs to the technological religions. Now, technological religions, Neil, that sounds very interesting. That sounds like you've uh, transformed science, which uh, I believe is a gift from God, uh, you know, scientific knowledge and pursuit. Um, but you've transformed that gift from God into a religion itself. You really have uh, have jumped off the deep end. So that's interesting. I haven't read that article that was spoken about there, but it's good if the uh, if the secular world is starting to pull apart the kind of uh, future and beliefs that people like Harari actually have, because that is the danger that we go down a track where uh, it is all about uh, science for the pursuit not just of itself, although that's bad enough, it is science for the pursuit of transcending humanity, and that is a danger. And if you think I'm crazy with this view, Neil, and I'll, I'll shut up after this and let more people talk, they're actually getting away from Harari. There are other people that have been pushing this transhumanism agenda for a long while. One's a fellow by the name of Simon Young who wrote a book about the transhumanist manifesto, and he said this, that's got shades of Marxism, but it shows what it's really about. Man is not, not born free, but everywhere in biological chains. People of the world unite. You have nothing to lose but your biological chains. We see that when it comes to the uh, transgenderism push, but transhumanism is taking it one step further. There's lots of big dimensions you could go down there. But Maria, thank you so much for your call. And we're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Wayne in Mackay in Queensland. Hi, Wayne. Welcome along. Hey, hey how are you, mate? Yeah, Good. mate. You don't have to be a university student to see what's going on with all the manipulation and control. But we've got to stay focused on, on what, what God says in his word. Like one good scripture there is like... Before you were born, I chose you to speak for me to the nations. That's what George is doing now, uh, letting people know God's using him. And it just goes to show how with people that are not saved, how the enemy has got control over them. But us being Christians, and we don't put ourselves in a position where we think we're better than anyone else, is that God, God's got control of us. You know, and Wayne, you're making yeah. a very important point here. Uh, who do you want to relinquish control over yourself to? And oftentimes we'll talk about, won't we, in church life, surrendering to God. Now, that's a voluntary surrender. Uh, if you choose to reject God and uh, push all that religious stuff aside, who are you going to surrender your life to? And perhaps you're surrendering your life to uh, these new scientism uh, gurus. Uh, thoughts here from George. Well, ultimately, you're surrendering it to the enemy and uh that's someone we refer to as Satan in the Christian faith. And I think that's right. I mean, this, to me, I see this this whole push in, in the light of that. And that's uh, part of my faith. Uh, obviously, Neil, other people might see it differently. But uh, if you are talking about transforming humanity into something else, well, essentially, you're talking about um, uh, eradicating that image of God that is in humanity and that in itself is doing the work of Satan. If Wayne's referred to it, other listeners have referred to it. I completely and utterly agree with that. Uh, that's looking at this topic from a very spiritual lens, though. And um, uh, the, the, uh, uh, while I agree with it, I think that we also need to talk about uh, this from a, um, 
sort of political and cultural lens as well so that we can convince some of our more secular um, uh, members of the public uh, who, who may not be deep in the faith that it is a bad agenda to go down because it's very easy to suck uh, people in when they have no grounding and have no belief system into this agenda. Uh, and so I think that we need to argue both sides of, of this argument. Um, one thing that I can say just very quickly, Neil, that we can use as an argument to convince those who may not be grounded in the faith that if you are going to go down a system where we become part of the internet, and that's what it is, we talk about the internet of things, transhumanism is the internet of humanity, the internet of our bodies. Um, so who do we give control to if we suddenly plugged into the system? Who is going to have control over us? That's a very big question as well. Wayne, thank you so much for your call. Let's continue to take some more. Scott is also in Mackay in Queensland. Hi, Scott. Welcome along. Thanks for having me. Scott, what are your thoughts? Uh, I would like to point out a verse in the book of Revelations that I haven't heard anyone talk about uh, that I think refers directly to this very issue. If I may, I'll just do a very quick reading from sure. chapter 13 to 14. Yeah. Uh, so they're talking about the second beast when he came to earth and then, uh, or he came, came to public and then deceived many. After he's deceived all the people of this world who belong to this world, he ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast who was fatally wounded then came back to life. He was then permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. Then the statue of the beast commanded that every, anyone refusing to worship it must die. And then that's when the mark of the beast comes in. And it, it seems to me that something that's written just past the time of Christ, talking about a statue that comes to life, could be talking about AI robots. And uh, since this is partway through the, the seven-year biblical revelation, uh, biblical uh, tribulation, the end times, we may not make it to transhumanism. It may be just uh, artificial intelligence robots that are weaponized. Scott, you make some really good points there and uh, good to make reference to the scriptures and the book of Revelation. And not everybody is on the same page with interpretation of Revelation. But what I think everyone is on the same page so far as the last book in the Bible goes is that even if those images that we might read about are metaphoric images, they do stand for something that is real. And uh, you might argue over what the uh, image actually stands for, and you might try to put names and places on those things, but they do stand for something that's real. And so marks of the beast or buying and selling restrictions, uh, social control, those are all very much a part of the book of Revelation. A thought or two here from George. This has been long speculation. Again, you're right. You don't want to actually say that um, 100% this is what the book of Revelations is actually saying because there's a multitude of, of, of layers in the book of Revelation. Um, but but it, it is very easy to see the mark of the beast as uh, some form of microchip because that is something that you could have planted in the hand, in the head, that... Um, you would scan and you can only buy and sell if you actually have this planted in you. And is this something that's way off in the future? Well, no, it's not, because we know that uh, 
throughout places like Sweden. There's been people who've lined up to actually get these microchips implanted into them that have all sorts of things, vaccine passports in them. Uh, they have the ability to uh, to, to buy and, and, and sell in these chips. So um, is that what it is? Uh, I don't know, but it seems pretty close to the pitch, actually, Neil. It seems very close to the pitch. All right, Scott, thank you so much for a great insight, uh, drawing attention to the book of Revelation. Let's take another call. Chris is in Melbourne. Hello, Chris. Welcome. Uh, good day, Neil and George. Yeah, uh, uh, with the statue, uh, that could be, well be a hologram, but also the, the mark of the beast will very likely be a chip, but I believe it will only be implemented when the Antichrist comes, and the chip will tie into uh, artificial, artificial intelligence AI because the Bible says the abomination of desolation standing in the temple. Um, now, if you have a artificial intelligence in your body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and they try and wipe out the God gene, well, they can implant only their thoughts, and therefore God only died for humanity, and, you know, you cannot be saved again. It says once you take that mark, you're doomed forever. But that's just my way of looking at it. Good thoughts there, Chris. Uh, anything to add to that? Uh, your response here, George? Well, look, I, I just agree. This is the, the key concern with transhumanism overall. If we fundamentally change humanity, uh, do we scrub out something that is that science can't see, actually? Do we scrub out that Imagio Dei? Do we do some damage to what it means to actually be human? That is the question, Neil, and I think that your listeners are very astute in coming to that realisation. Chris, thank you so much for your call. Let's take another one. Gary is in Campbelltown in Sydney. Hello, Gary. Welcome Hello. along. Yeah, Gary. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, I got an email. Uh, it's from um, Duncorp um, not long ago, like back in August, and it's telling me if I wanted to... Uh, look in more information. And they had a they had an image of a hand, uh, like a microscope, like a um, X-ray picture of a hand with a chip inserted in the hand, wanting to know if I wanted more information. And uh, it seems like the idea of putting chips in your hand is seems to be um, more sort of in your face than what I after getting this email. Uh, good thoughts oh, yes. here, Gary. I mean, this is the sort of thing we were talking about a little earlier, the idea that there may be conspiracy theories at work here and world domination by putting chips in hands and you hear reports of this sort of thing being tested in various parts of the world. But, you know, uh, given the possibility of the authenticity of what Gary has received in the mail from his bank, uh, there could be something to that. Uh, have you heard anything or do you understand yeah. anything a little bit deeper here, George? Uh, uh, look, Suncorp got widely panned for this. I mean, sending out to their customers the idea that they should... Uh, consider getting microchips. I mean, uh, and, and look, maybe I'm I'm extending it a bit too far, but essentially it was a plug for the concept of microchipping human beings and how how that would make life a lot easier for us. Well, uh, Suncorp did have to come out and, and retract it and say that it was regrettable. It was just a point of discussion. But the question is, what is my bank doing discussing that topic? Um, where does that come from? Uh, and I'd say that uh, where it's come from, again, it, 
it's probably because this agenda is being pushed by groups like the World Economic Forum, um, who who reach into all sectors of society, as I said, major corporates, the major banks would be there at their meetings where they discuss this type of stuff. It's the uh, it's the in topic amongst the elite across politics, across business, across culture and media. Um, this is the in topic, the the the. Uh, uh, the in-trend to transcend ourselves into something else. Well, I, I don't want to do that, Neil, and there's a lot of people that don't want to do it, but uh, at the end of the day, I don't know what the hell my bank's writing to me about that. How about they focus on uh, keeping branches open and lowering our fees rather than microchipping us? Okay. Hey, Gary in Campbelltown, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line's still open. We may have time for another call or two on one 316 Interesting, though, when you're talking microchips, and it's been something that Christians have thought about with an alignment with that book of Revelation for a long, long time. Well, you can get a microchip for your pet, and it can tell you where your pet actually is. Uh, the thought that you might be somehow monitored for your carbon footprint uh, may be the sort of excuse that might be used for uh, putting some chips in humans. This is something that sort of has a, a reality about it too, George. Well, all, all sorts of excuses will come for, uh, for this. Uh, and I think that they're, again... Not that I agree with it, not that I agree with it at all. There's a big difference between, uh, certainly a big difference between putting a microchip in a pet and putting it in a human full stop. Um, but let's just say, uh, use the dog analogy that you went to, uh, uh, you've got a microchip in them to find where they are if you lose them, right? That's one thing. Imagine if they put a microchip inside your dog to stop it from barking. That would be completely another. Uh, and... Uh, when it comes to humanity, I would say I, I disagree fundamentally with the idea of implanting anything in us or on us that tracks exactly where we are. Unfortunately, we have these little things called smartphones that essentially do that right now. But um, to have it inside your skin, inside your body, that you can't remove, that you can't switch off, that, uh, that to me is beyond the pale. Uh, but they will push this. They will push it for the idea and concept of public safety, lowering crime, uh, and all sorts of benevolent uh, things. But at the end of the day, it's just more control over our lives. But this crosses into transhumanism when the chip actually does something to you um, mentally, biologically, or neurologically. That's where it, 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 it crosses the line into transhumanism. I heard a description a little like this. Wearing glasses is an upgrade to our humanity, as is wearing a hearing aid. If I can hear better, then there's a technological upgrade to my humanity. But uh, when they become part of our physical setup, described as a micro-miniaturisation, uh, increasing as technology then melds with human life, with prosthetics, with health, with vision. Uh, and uh, these sorts of developments just go one step uh, further. And so uh, the changing of uh, the makeup of what a human is made of, uh, even to the thought of population control. Now, this is this takes you where you can go down all sorts of rabbit holes here, yeah, but, uh, yeah. but population control uh, – uh, of having a neither male nor female androgynous race. Now, 
I mean, maybe there's some test cases going on in the trans community when it comes to these sorts of issues. And I say that, you know, with some level of uh, seriousness. Uh, But these sorts of things are being worked out and people are being experimented on for all of these things. That's not beyond the pale either, George. Obviously, you're you're reading what they're throwing out now because the people that are behind all of this, the Hararis of the world, the Schwabs of the world, and others um, that that push this transhumanist cause, they don't make any bones about it. They they want to see the species trans transcend, as they call it, biological realities. They do see that the endpoint of humanity is androgyny, um, moving beyond uh, beyond sex. If I can just say that, I mean the idea that we could have designer babies grown in labs. Uh, you know, uh, artificial wombs. All of that is part of this transhumanist agenda that is is being discussed. That's the end trend right now. And uh, my worry is that because a lot of people sort of can sort of consign it to the realm of way in the future, this is dystopian science fiction. When it's not, there's actually things that we would consider beyond the pale that are happening in science right now, and discussions about where this is going to lead that we just um, we just ignore it and it becomes a reality before we get a handle on it. We've got to get a handle on it because if we just let science happen for science's sake, then I think that we're going to end up in a point where our humanity is forever affected, forever affected badly. With the elevation of scientists uh, to this godlike level, there is something of a very important responsibility perhaps rests on the shoulders of Christians who are scientists, part of the science community, because they are the ones who are going to have a grip on this uh, humanity and uh, the image of God and what is at risk if you dehumanize humanity and all of the different uh, elements that we've been talking about today. In fact, it presents, and we've run out of time uh, for getting into any real depth here, but the bumpy road ahead, George, uh, when does a Christian put up their hand and say, I'm not going with that. Uh, you know, is this one of those things where you separate yourself and uh, take an alternative view? I mean, uh, this is perhaps a, another big topic for another day, but uh, but Christians and the bumpy road forward. Any thoughts here as we pull things together? Go back to almost where we started. We talked about Imagio Day just after the turn of the hour. Um, I think that's what we've got to keep in mind. We are made in the image of God. And if anything that happens to us biologically, mentally, neurologically, that tries to change that image, we've got to start asking questions about that and rejecting it ultimately. Um, And I think that that has to be in the mind of all Christians. When you hear about the fusion of mankind with artificial intelligence in a way that affects our minds, then you know that that is a step too far. Well, George, we know you're not a scientist, uh, but you are a former federal politician and served three terms representing your electorate around the Mackay region there. And you've got a real interest in what makes a flourishing society. You've even got some theological qualifications as well to be able to speak into these areas. And so for listeners to connect with you, uh, let me give the websites where you can connect with George Christensen. Uh, George, uh, of course, is uh, leading a new organization now called Nation First. Nation First. And there's a way you can connect with a daily commentary blog called Nation First. 
And you can get that at nationfirst.substack.com. Nationfirst.substack.com. And no doubt there's a link too on George Christensen's website, georgechristensen.com.au. George, I want to say thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today and uh, look forward to another conversation again sometime very soon. Same. Thank you, mate. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 